Welcome into Tailgate. Austin Gill here with Mike Renner, ripping it up live. I'm excited, man. It's been live all week. Free agency continues to roll on. Uh, a lot of wild moves today that I want to get to, in addition to a move made last night, Baker Mayfield. Uh, not technically the, a move. Not technically a move. It's a, mo- it's a decision. It's yeah. an interesting decision. Baker Mayfield sends out this monster note to Browns fans or the city of Cleveland, signs it Baker Reagan Mayfield. Pretty much detailing, hey, no matter what happens, you know, the city has done well by me, all this stuff. But, like, he's not even – like, they're taking visits with Deshaun Watson. That's what the rumors are, and that's what I think people are reporting. So he knows that there's go- they're, they're interested in upgrading at the position. And then now other reports, I think it was Chris Mortensen that said, regardless of whether or not the Browns land Deshaun Watson, it's very likely that the relationship between the Cleveland Browns and the Baker Mayfield and – and Baker Mayfield will end. Some people are highlighting the Indianapolis Colts as a potential landing spot for him. Um, your reaction to him sending this letter out at 10.03 p.m.? I think he knows something is what it, is what it says to oh, me. Oh, he definitely knows. He and knows that, that it's over. It's over. That's what I'm saying, and that he's gone. So whether that's for Deshaun Watson, whether that's to the Indianapolis Colts, whether that's outright – Whatever, cutting them. They're not going to cut them. They can't cut them. They're going to eat the cap anyway. So he's not going to be quarterback in Cleveland next year. I think you can say that pretty confidently after this. Now, the note was weird timing for sure. Um, Fairly classic Baker Mayfield, uh, I will say. But I think there should be a market for him, honestly. It's a one-year deal, not too much money in comparison to the rest of the market. And – when healthy, we've seen him play good football. Now, can you trust him to play good football is the thing? Like, mm-hmm. can you count on him to be your guy next year? When you have a team and a roster as good as what the Browns have right now, I would look for more certainty if I were them. I, I would explore for, for options that you know are going to be better than Baker Mayfield, even if it costs you more and even if it costs you some draft capital. So by all means, if I'm the Cleveland Browns, you're always looking to upgrade at that position. And I think they should. But I also think if you're someone like the Indianapolis Colts, if you are someone – even the Houston Texans. Baker Mayfield's worth a shot, in my opinion. I, I, I think that he's not going to go to the Houston Texans. I think he's going to play for the Indianapolis Colts or another team. I don't think the well, Houston- the one I floated out the while was the Tennessee Titans, the Tannehill-Mayfield swap. That was the what? No, that's also not going to happen. That would no. be wild to me. That, I, I think he ultimately plays for – I think the Colts. I think the Colts are going to be the player for Baker Mayfield, honestly. Like, I honestly think they're desperate enough to go make a play for Baker Mayfield. And what I ultimately think the Browns do at quarterback – because they don't think they're going to land Watson, is Jimmy G. I think the Browns go to Jimmy G. Oh. Yes, that, that's, that's, that's what I think ultimately is going to happen. It's going to be Jimmy G to the Browns and Baker Mayfield to the Colts. And okay. I think Deshaun Watson ultimately lands with either New Orleans Saints or the Atlanta Falcons. I think those are the two teams he chooses between. Atlanta because he's from Atlanta. Not from Atlanta, but he's from Georgia. And the Saints because I think they're in a better position to win with the roster that they do have, Michael Thomas coming back and all that stuff. So I do think that we're breaking – we're not going to break – we could break something live on this podcast. I think the news around Deshaun Watson could happen as soon as the next hour, hour and a half. But that's my prediction. Why do you think that? I'm just I just feel that way. Okay. I just you don't have any sources. I I'm hearing things could happen that fast. Okay. I'm hearing things could happen that fast. But my final predictions: Baker Mayfield is a Colt, Jimmy Garoppolo is a Brown, and I ultimately think that Deshaun Watson is a New Orleans Saint. Ooh, dude, I would hate if Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo is not. You think Jimmy Garoppolo is an upgrade over Baker Mayfield? No, I don't. But I think it's it's not about that now. You you there's there's a quote from Browns brass saying they want an adult at quarterback. It's not about, I don't think, his play on the field now. I honestly think it's beyond that. Look at the letter. This letter came at 10 o'clock at night. It was ridiculous. I yeah. do think that a lot of it is not 
because of Baker Mayfield's play necessarily. Now, it's not good, but neither is Jimmy G's, but I think they'd rather have Jimmy Garoppolo in in that spot than they do Baker Mayfield for, again, the quote literally came from Chris Mortensen saying people, you know, the Browns want an adult at quarterback, and they don't, they don't view Baker Mayfield as that adult. Yeah. Well, I know he's gone, but again, Jimmy G's not an upgrade. I'll just say that. Yeah, I, 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 I wholeheartedly agree that Jimmy Garoppolo's not an upgrade. Now, the other quarterback being floated around, and it's only if the Atlanta Falcons do land Deshaun Watson, is Matt Ryan. And I think if the Atlanta Falcons land Matt Ryan, which I think they are in play for, they don't trade Matt Ryan to the Houston Texans, but rather Matt Ryan becomes this new favorite to be the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Like, I think that's the swap that could happen. I think Matt Ryan or Baker Mayfield is ultimately, co- you know, quarterbacking the Indianapolis Colts, depending on where Watson goes. I think that's ultimately how this, how this draw ends up. We will see, obviously. We will see as things progress. I want to get some other news beyond Baker Mayfield, though. Shaq Mason trade. This was a, this in my opinion was a birthday gift. Blow out the candles for Tom Brady to go get Shaq Mason with the current contract he had, which was nowhere near bad at all. Two years left remaining on his contract. Shaq Mason, the guard for the New England Patriots, a top five, top ten guard in the NFL for a fifth round pick to yeah. fill the space that Alex Kappa is leaving with him going sign with the Bengals. That is a slam dunk move for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How can you get Shaq Mason and Amari Cooper for fifth round picks? At least you can rationalize it somewhat because Cooper maybe hasn't lived up to expectation and is being paid a lot of money. The Mason contract is fine. Like if anything, you could argue he's underpaid. A fifth round pick for Mason was impressive fleecing by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know it has to be a bad trade for the New England Patriots for no one not a single person to be saying Belichick does it again. Because no matter what, like no matter what move Belichick made, like spending egregiously in free agency last year, everyone's saying Belichick knows. Like Belichick knows cap's going up. He figured it out. Belichick does it again. For people to not be saying Belichick does it again means that no one thinks this is a good move. And I can't see how in the world this is a good move for the New England Patriots. Now, it's not like they don't have options at guard. Like Michael on way new wasn't starting at points last year mm-hmm. because they have options at guard. Like they, they will be fine. This doesn't hamper them in the least bit. But you have to think that there were teams willing to give up more for a guy like Shaq Mason. Hell, the Cincinnati Bengals just paid Alex Kappa more than what Shaq Mason is going to be costing the Tampa Bay Bucks in the next two years. Yeah. More than what he's going to be costing the Tampa Bay Bucks. And for a guy who is light years better. I mean, Shaq Mason's top five right guard in the NFL right now. And at 29 years old, there's no reason to think he's going to fall off anytime soon. So wild wild move and what a hell of a win for the bucks it's a huge win for the bucks you go from being like desperate with no space or not a lot of space and already lost the guy you like that started there at that position last year and then to upgrade for it for nothing realistically is insane to me i'm calling bill belichick out for collusion Mm -hmm. he's trying to get He's trying to get Tom Brady another ring. He's back on Brady's good side. He's back on Brady's good side because that's just a gift. It's a literal gift from <clears throat> Bill Belichick. A literal gift. Uh, other, other He's trying moves. to model for Brady's new clothing line. <laughs> other moves um, on the Catch and Buzz before we get into your three-round mock draft. Three-round mock draft that's going to be published on PFF.com. This is an early look. It's not published yet, but this is an early look. Chandler Jones signs with the Las Vegas Raiders. I think it's a three-year deal worth up to $17 million per year for Chandler Jones, who is a little bit older, right? But I think still think a three-year deal is an upgrade over the guy they traded. They trade Yannick Ngakwe in Indianapolis Colts in a player-for-player trade for Rocky Sin, the former first-rounder out of Temple. I think this was a huge win for Las Vegas. Getting Chandler Jones to work opposite of Max Crosby, yeah, they're paying him a lot of money, but I think that's an upgrade over Yannick Ngakwe. And... Whether or not you like Rakusin, 
you they need help at cornerback bad. And they were trying they were trying to be a player in Carlton Davis. I know they were trying to be a player in JC Jackson. They wanted to go make a move and get one of these guys. Is he a top 20, top 25 cornerback? No, but he's way more capable than the starters that they had last year. I, I do think that this was a net win for the Las Vegas Raiders. I think both teams win. I honestly think this is a win-win. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think cornerback in the Colts scheme, and obviously Matt Eberflitz isn't there anymore, but is super valuable for what they do, whereas pass rushing is like crucial to that defense. Like With as much zone as they play, that means you got you can't give opposing quarterbacks time. So... I do think that it is a win-win. Curious a little on the Colts' part to get rid of the starting corner who is just coming off the best year of his career heading into year four. But, like, if Chris Ballard has had any weak link in his draft history or in his history as GM, and obviously the quarterback position is one, and then finding edge rushers is two. He has thrown a lot of draft capital at that position in the mid-rounds. None of it's stuck so far. So... He gets a guy that he knows can rush the passer. He's rushed the passer literally for like five different teams at this point in his career. Four different teams at this point in his career. Yannick Ngakwe can affect opposing quarterbacks. So now they got him. Pay, DeForest Buckner. That's a real. That's the best front four they've had in, in some time there probably for the Indianapolis Colts. Excited. It's probably uh, – who's the name I'm thinking of right now that I just blanked on? Since probably the, uh, the Freeney – Whatchamacallit era, Mathis era. Oh, wow. Decade. Yeah, Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis. You'd love to see it. Unique Ngakwe coming over to the Indianapolis Colts in a trade for Roxine going to the Raiders. Julio Jones also released. Julio Jones is on his way out of Tennessee. They traded a second-round pick for 10 games of Julio Jones. Second-round pick for 10 Julio Jones games. Not the best of deals for the Tennessee Titans. And then beyond that, where does Julio Jones go? I, 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 Steven Ruiz of the Ringer called out, get him to Los Angeles for the Chargers. I like that. I think Green Bay is another one. Kansas City, everyone brings up the same teams, right? Get him with a good quarterback. But what do you ultimately feel is the best landing spot for Julio Jones? I don't know, man. He, I don't want to say he's washed because, I mean, it's still Julio. But it's kind of the, the thing prior to his trade and why the Falcons got rid of him in the first place was his NGS data had slowed down. His speeds had slowed down considerably each of the previous three seasons prior to that and obviously again last year gets banged up like he ain't getting any younger he's going to be 33 this upcoming season and like i said has slowed down a bit so someone will take it i I wouldn't be surprised if like the chiefs he goes you know ring chasing at this point his career he's made a ton of money um obviously not won a super bowl so it wouldn't surprise me if he goes to someone like the chiefs like the packers like tampa bay i don't know someone buffalo to go try to get a ring I am I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where he does end up. I do think that going somewhere where there's already number ones and number twos is where I'm at. You know, Because I do agree that he's like washed to a certain degree. So I, I definitely agree there. Um, Don't call him washed. You said washed. He's getting washed. He's getting washed. He's bathing. It's not, stop. I think Julio Jones is still good, but I think his best fit is somewhere where they already have a number one or number two option in their offense. Like, you don't want to, you know, especially with the injuries, right? The injuries have been the biggest thing with Julio yeah. Jones. This guy getting consistently hurt. You lean on him to be a number one in an offense, you're going to be without a number one probably for four to six games a year, right? That's what it's been for the last few years. Last catch and early buzz here, and I'll definitely update as we go live here on YouTube. I'll definitely update if any major signings happening. happening. Um, but the last one I'll call out before we get into the mock draft is Darius Smith, the former Green Bay Packers, Baltimore Ravens edge defender, signing with the Baltimore Ravens. He yeah. goes back to the Baltimore Ravens. I think it's on a four-year, $35 million deal that's worth up to $50 million, which 
I love, by the way, and it's hard to get, especially with how much you know players are coveting guaranteed money, especially how much agents are coveting guaranteed money. But when you can get veteran deals that are heavily incentive laden, a contract that can go from 35 to 50 million, I do think that those oftentimes, especially for a guy like Zedarius Smith, a guy that's older, I do think that those contracts oftentimes pay out and you can get talented players. But I do like that contract setup, and I like that move for Baltimore. In Baltimore, they're like the kings of second time around guys. They did the same thing with Pernell McPhee. Let him walk, bring him back. They they love either rookie contract guys or third contract guys on the defensive line. Not so much paying out, shelling out that big bucks for the premier pass rushers. I don't think they've done that since like a Terrell Suggs back in the day. So that's that's their bread and butter. This is a very Baltimore Ravens move. And for that money, for what Zadarius Smith obviously heard all last year, but if you get a guy that was even close to what we saw back in twenty. 19 when he first signed with the Green Bay Packers. My God, like your massive win for them. So obviously he is older. He has gone through injury since then. Was good, was well worth his contract, even his play in 2020. So yeah, this is a move that the Ravens make every year, seemingly. A reminder that this podcast is presented by the leading sponsor, Manscaped. Can I get a round of applause, everyone? Tonight, I'm excited to announce Manscaped. I didn't say tonight. Today, I'm excited to announce Manscaped launched their ultra-premium collection. Believe it or not, it's for your not-so-private parts. I'm talking about a leveled-up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all-in-one skin and hair kit for the everyday man that covers you from head to toe, literally. Manscaped is trusted below the waist. Now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with code PFF. I'd recommend using the products in this order. Hop in the shower and scrub-a-dub-dub that body with the Manscaped body wash. Lather your hair up with the two-in-one shampoo and conditioner to keep your noggin toggin. Dry off and spray on the hydrating body moisturizer to reinvigorate dry skin. Put on the Manscaped deodorant for obvious reasons. Pop that Manscaped lip balm on. No one is out here kissing chapped up lips. Getting dressed after is optional. Wear one great scent all day long. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code PFF at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with code PFF at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle. Thanks to Manscaped. Now, they do say in that read... Covers you head to toe, literally. Where are the nail trimmers? I Manscaped nail trimmers would cover me head to toe, but now I'm not getting that. You know what I mean? You trim your nails? Mm-hmm. I guess I bite my nails. I have a, I have a problem. I'm talking about toenails, nails. dog. Oh, I just pull them off. You just pull your toenails off? Yeah. What do you mean? You just take two fingers and you pull at it until it comes off. Oh, gosh, really? Yeah, I've never used a nail clipper. I mean, I've used one to see what it feels like, but I've never used one. So you're just ripping toenails off yeah. and biting fingernails off. Yeah. Sometimes you bite your toenails Is off. Is that kind of you, – you've bitten your toenails off? Yeah. You haven't? What do you mean I haven't? That's not that common. Quinn, am I crazy? I know you're not on the mic today, but what the fuck? That's why I do. I don't know. You haven't done that like recently though. No, I just pull them off. Like, I've done if it. I come into the house and you're out here on your like crisscross applesauce trying to bite a toenail off, <laughs> I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. Uh. You can't put your toes in your own mouth. I mean, I'm capable. No, I'm just saying you shouldn't. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. I know. I don't even want to know what else you're doing to yourself. It's probably some other (laughs) things. Let's get out of that. Let's get out of this conversation. Not that place. (laughs) What else can you do? All right. um, Your three-round mock draft. If you're listening live on YouTube, this is not out yet. But if you are listening beyond that, it's probably out. It's going to go on PFF.com Thursday, March 17th. We're recording this Wednesday, March 16th at 446, waiting desperately to break this Deshaun Watson news. If that hits while we're on the pod, I will be stoked. Excited for it. All right. On to your mock. 
Pretty chalky to start here. I'm going to move past the chalk. Aiden Hutchinson goes number one overall. He's minus 400. We just have Trent Baalke now, uh, the, ge- the general manager for the, G- uh, the Jaguars, saying they feel really good at right tackle and left tackle. That should push odds even further. Aiden Hutchinson, it, not a near, not a lock, but the odds-on favorite to be the number one overall pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Detroit Lions, you have them going Iki Kwanu, who is the favorite to be the first offensive lineman off the board. Can I just say, I've fallen in love with the idea of Iki Kwanu to the Lions. For him to play what? Guard. Really? Yes. Just think about that offensive line for a second. Taylor Decker at left tackle, Iki Aquanu at left guard, Frank Ragnow at center, Jonah Jackson at right guard, and Penny Sewell at right tackle. That is the best run-blocking offensive line in the NFL. That is a demolition derby up front. That is. That's a freight train coming for you. That is. And I think Dan Campbell has seen Iki Aquanu's tape and isn't licking his chops mm. to see. He's licking something. His toes, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was licking something. That, <laughs> straight up. Whoever you have behind quarterback, and now Jerry Goff, obviously, in that cap hit's still there. They haven't cut him, whatever. But that's a nice situation for anyone to step into if you have that in place. And that, that gives you a high floor as an offense. I, 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 I have fallen in love with I that. I don't think I've seen this mock yet, right? I don't think I've seen Iki Aquanu mock the Detroit Lions at number two. I think a lot of people are mocking Malik Willis, the quarterback of Liberty. A lot of people have them. I've had him going Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge defender from Oregon. Um, but to see them go Iki Aquanu, I, 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 can buy my, I can buy my way into it. Now, was Iki Aquanu want to play guard immediately in the NFL? Who knows? But I do like mm. that. You know, Taylor Decker, older, maybe Penesuel eventually moves to the would. And- he would, Aquanu. I mean, Decker's contract would end by year four of Aquanu. Mm-hmm. So the plan would be then he takes over left tackle at that point. So. All righty then. So Iki Aquanu, the number two pick, goes to Detroit Lions in your mock. You have Evan Neal going to the Houston Texans, which has been consistently seen. Kayvon Thibodeau to the Jets at four. But you have, and this is what you would do, right? Charles Cross off the tackle, Mississippi State, going to the New York Giants at five. Given what we've heard from people in the league, scouts, and also what we're seeing from some of the forecasters in draft media, Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, etc., it's likely that Charles Cross is not even a top 10 pick, right? I mean, that's how people are viewing him right now, whereas Trevor Penning is more often viewed as this third offensive lineman off the board. I'd be stunned if that ultimately is what happens, but that is what forecasters are saying. So don't be surprised if Charles Cross slips outside, you know, the top 10, top 15, given what we've seen from forecasters, but you have them going cross there at five. Carolina gets Malik Willis. And I've said this, I'm going to say it again. If the Carolina Panthers draft Malik Willis, I am so nervous for them to actually pull off developing Malik Willis, right? Because I just don't think that's a good situation for him. And now they could want Malik Willis, right? They could want this upgrade at quarterback, and it makes sense for Carolina to try and get an upgrade over Sam Darnold. I just don't know if they have the infrastructure with the talent they have along the offensive line. The the receiving talent's okay. I I just don't know if they, you know, they already fired Joe Brady as an offensive coordinator. They're bringing in a new guy. I mean, I, I just feel like it could be a really disruptive start to his NFL career if he does go to Carolina. Yeah, I'm not sure... There's, there's a worse offense coordinator you would want Malik Willis to go to than Ben McAdoo. But they need a quarterback. They so. need a quarterback. You know, it's not every team's drafting completely logically, I'll say. Yeah. Or, I'd just be stunned to see it. I'd be stunned to see it, and honestly, like I just like really would fade – Malik Willis and his development, right? I think it would be a tough situation. For it would be a very it. tough situation. Of the situations outlined, like people have mocked him to the Detroit Lions. He's been mocked to, um, 
I think you've seen Atlanta Falcons, Washington Command. I mean, whatever. I, I just think of those landing spots, I think Carolina would be among the worst. Trayvon Walker, the Georgia edge defender, goes to the New York Giants at seven. Jermaine Johnson, the Florida State edge, going as high. I think I've seen him going at eight to the Atlanta Falcons. Then you have Penning, another top 10 offensive lineman, going to Seattle at nine. And then at 10, Ahmad Sas Gardner to the, uh, of Cincinnati going to the Jets. I do feel like that's his new floor. Draft props right now, according to FanDuel Sportsbook, have Ahmad Gardner's prop at eight and a half. Okay. I think Atlanta is an option for him, but I also don't think he gets past the Jets at 10. I really don't. I just think that in this class, with kind of how it's shaking out and kind of where needs stack in the NFL, tackles early, edge rushers early. I just think you're going to see that. And this one, the first nine picks, eight are tackles or edge rushers. You just, as much as it's a deep class of edge rushers, it's not a position you often want to wait to the second round. And especially offensive tackle is not a position you want to wait to the second round. So pretty much every team in that top 10 is tackle needy. Every team except for like the Detroit Lions could use a tackle. So I think you're going to see a run on that position. Moving outside the top 10, I'm moving quickly, just trying to highlight some of the you know notable picks, ones we haven't seen a ton of. This is pretty chalky so far, Mike. I'm not seeing you take any risks. A.K. Quanu is the best conversation point we've had. But commanders grab Kyle Hamilton. He slips all the way outside the top 10, the Notre Dame safety. Minnesota Vikings grab Trent McDuffie. That one's consistently mocked to the Minnesota Vikings. Scheme McDuffie. fit. McDuffie is a scheme fit. Cleveland Browns grab first receiver off the board so far in this mock drake london of usc who currently is plus 175 on DraftKings to be the first receiver off the board plus 145 to be the first receiver off the board on Fanduel. some value on DraftKings if you like london as wide receiver one this one's interesting baltimore ravens grab defensive tackle jordan davis of georgia that is such a ravens play and i'm in love with it to get date to invest there up front that's i think so jordan Raven. davis I, I i think jordan davis i think that's where ultimately you sh- the earliest maybe he goes, although some people are mocking him inside the top 10. I think he could climb into that. But I do think Jordan Davis to Baltimore would be would be a slam dunk for them. Yeah, just the way the board is kind of shaking out for a lot of these teams, I'm trying to – it's difficult for me to see a fit higher than that for Jordan Davis. Yeah. Now, Atlanta at eight is a possibility, but, like, they've struggled to find edge guys for so damn long in that defense that I think they lean that way. But – I like the Giants aren't going to draft one. I guess the Seahawks could, but offensive line is far more pressing a need for them. Jets aren't going to draft one. Washington's not going to draft one. Minnesota just signed one. They're not going to draft one. So Cleveland's more of an analytically driven team. I don't think they would take a nose tackle in the first round. So that's kind of why I said Jordan Davis coming off the board there at 14. And I honestly like it. I think I think it's where the value starts to make sense yeah. with Jordan Davis as well. I think there are teams that could covet him inside the top ten, but I think you've mapped that out pretty clearly. With the, I think it would also be unfortunate for the Eagles, right? I bet you the Eagles would take him at fifteen or sixteen. No, but you this have, Eagles draft that I have for them would be a goddamn dream. Go, read, go ahead and read. So it Eagles at fifteen, grab Derek Stingley, LSU cornerback, which I think his prop right now over under is twelve and a half on Fanduel. So that would this would be an over situation. Him going to the Philadelphia Eagles at fifteen, then at sixteen they grab Devontae Wyatt, which would be sick. I think they're getting one of the Georgia defensive tackles right, whether it's yeah. Wyatt or Jordan Davis. I think that's where they invest, and then skipping down George Karloftis at nineteen. That is going all defense all the way, that is a slam dunk. And the the thing here is, even stylistically, we've talked about Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham sort of, they're on the decline. It ain't getting better at this point. You're just hoping you can eke out a few more years of them. Devontae Wyatt is, athletically, 
right up there with Fletch Cox coming out. Fletch Cox ran like in the four sevens or four low four eights coming out at 290 pounds. Devontae White goes four seven seven. Like could be this explosive bull rusher. Learn from Fletcher Cox there for a year. Take over. I'm in. You got the best bull rusher in the draft and George Karloftis. Learning from Brandon Graham, the bull rush king. Like you have seamless replacements for the two guys that fueled that defense for the last decade. If I'm an Eagles fan, that's that is a and then Derek Stingley across from Darius Slays. That's a dream. That would be that. That's a. That would be one of the best drafts I could remember if a team could do that, 15, 16, 19. I, I think if Derek Stanley does fall that far, too, Philadelphia would be foolish, foolish to let him get past 15 and 16, mm-hmm. right? Like, spend one of those picks on Derek Stanley Jr. I don't give I, a shit about his injury history. I, I was talking to Seth Galena, an analyst here at PFF, who's going over his film again for an article coming out on PFF.com, and he's like, dude, I just don't get it. Like, I don't get why people aren't talking about him as the top cornerback in this draft. Like, this is some of the best cornerback tape we've ever seen, and it was as a true freshman. Yeah. Like, if he... Even his 80% of what he was as a true freshman at no, LSU. No, 80% is a big That's scary. a big jump. Yeah. But if, he's, well, 80, if he is the guy he was as a true freshman, which is like, best you should be better. You should seen. be better. Like gotcha. you're, he's two, three, four years older, you know, once he hits the NFL. So you should be better. If he's 69% of what he was as a true freshman, I think it could be a good piece. No, he'd be terrible. <laughs> 17, Jameson Williams, the Alabama wide receiver, goes to Los Angeles Chargers. I think everyone their mother actually has mocked that. So that's good to see. I think they will continue to see that. New Orleans Saints grab Garrett Wilson of Ohio State into that offense. We already talked about the Philadelphia Eagles grabbing Garrett, uh, George Karloftis. Steelers getting Kenny Pickett. Are you like? Would you actually take Kenny Pickett at 20, or is this what you're predicting? Would you actually This is take- what I'm predicting is going to happen. Okay. This is not what I do. I mean, I would draft Derek Singley way higher. This is gotcha. Yeah. But like for the Steelers, right, that's yeah. um, something we see a th- we're going to see a thousand times. And I think they do it. Shit, I honestly do. Really? Yeah. For what reason? I just don't see the reason. I don't. Because I, I, they have Mitch Trubisky quarterback. You got do Mitch I, Trubisky. Do you need another you got reason Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, and then you're going to throw Kenny Pickett into the mix as well. It just doesn't feel. I don't know. I mean, why not? Why not play guys your way who, into like a? I don't know. They also I, have Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> it's true. I mean, they got no one. Is why you need a quarterback. 21, New England Patriots grab Devin Lloyd of Utah, Las Vegas Raiders, a receiver, Chris Olave, Ohio State. David Ojabo falls to the Arizona Cardinals at 23. I think he does go higher than that, but Arizona Cardinals get a David Ojabo of Michigan. Boye Mafe is probably the highest I've seen him mocked. He goes to the Dallas Cowboys at 24. Today at his pro day, the Minnesota Edge, 41 and a half inch vert. He is rare. I think the idea of him falling to day two, I think, is over. I think Randy, I, I think Boye Mafe is going to the Dallas Cowboys, especially now with yes. the Randy Gregory stuff. They got Demarcus Lawrence back. Randy Gregory not happening. Some reports are that they're trying to get Von Miller, but I don't think they can match the offer he's getting from the Rams. So going edge the Dallas Cowboys at twenty four. I do think that's ultimately what happens as well. Yes, the and with the Gregory stuff, yeah, it makes it even more so. Mafe, I think the rise is real. Like guys aren't. That's one of the freakiest dudes, and this class is full of them. But it doesn't mean it doesn't mean they're going to fall. Mm-hmm. For a position like edge, we usually say, "Oh, when there's a lot of good guys in one position, they're going to fall." It's like mm, edge; everyone needs a pass rusher, so this guy's going to go high still. Buffalo Bills, Zion Johnson, Boston College into your offensive lineman. Tennessee Titans, you have them getting Matt Corral, Ole Miss. What? Yeah, I, I said the Titans. I think they're going to get rid of Rand Tannehill because. So the contract he signed, whatever, two years ago, is finally sort of kicking in. His cap hits $38 million this year and $38 million next year, meaning that's why they're cutting Julio Jones. That's why they're having to shed, and they're in a tough spot. And as we've seen with Ryan Tannehill, 
He may not be good enough to fight through what is a murderous row of ASC now. I mean, he might not be good enough. I, there's, there's very, very little chance he is good enough. I'll just say that. And you're going to have to put a perfect roster around him to do so. Why not take that chance of getting a rookie quarterback to then actually building the, rookie, the perfect roster around somebody with the cap space you'll save from that $38 million? And like I said, I think Tannehill could be flipped at some point over this span, and they could be in the market for a quarterback. I have not seen or heard anything along those lines. I'm interested to see if that does come to fruition. Tennessee Titans grab Matt Crowell of Ole Miss. Tampa Bay, Lewis Seen, safety from Georgia, coming in. Jordan Whitehead leaving to the Jets in free agency. Green Bay Packers, Bernard Ryman, your guy out of Central Michigan, coming in to play off the tackle with the Green Bay Packers. At 29, Tyler Linderbaum. This one I think I've consistently seen mocked. Miami Dolphins grabbing the center out of Iowa. 30, Kansas City Chiefs. This is another one. Tyree Elam, Florida. I think if he's available to them at 30, I think it's a really good position they're in, especially with Charvarius Ward signing with the San Francisco 49ers in free agency. Cincinnati Bengals, 31, Travis Jones, defensive tackle out of UConn, someone that you like a lot. And then Traylon Burks, Arkansas wide receiver, falling all the way to 32. Do you think the fall is that far for him? A lot of people still have Traylon Burks as a wide receiver one. Really? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I do. I mean, finding wide receiver fits was difficult in this class, I'll just say, Mm -hmm. with a lot of other positions. But... Yeah, I I think he falls to somewhere in the twenties at the. I, I don't think he goes top twenty. I'll just say. You don't think he goes top twenty? No. On to- I, I don't see how. I'll just say I don't see how he goes top twenty when AJ Brown went what fifty one or was it forty nine? It was around there, and then DK goes back in the second round. I, I don't see. Now, obviously, wide receiver scouting whatever has changed people after the drought that was twenty fifteen to twenty eighteen, but. I, I still just that would fl- that would blow my mind if that's the case. Before we get into round two, and I start looking at some of these picks, what were some of your your hardest decisions in round one? Guys that maybe fell further, or hardest people to slot in round one. I think that's always the difficulty, right? Like you have all these guys that you consider first round talents, mm-hmm. but you just didn't have a landing spot for them. What were some of the hard decisions? So, like I said, sliding the wide receivers, finding spots for them got difficult at times. I thought finding spots for linebackers was difficult. Finding teams who would actually pull the trigger on like a Devin Lloyd or a Kobe Dean or a Leo Chanel or a Quay Walker who's been mocked in the first round at times. Like I think a lot of those guys will end up going in the second and there may only be a Devin Lloyd go come off the board in the first round at linebacker and a bunch in the second. And same with the safety class. I got Lewis Seen in there in the first round, but it may just be a second round that's chock full of safeties yeah. in this draft. What did you think of Nicobe Dean not testing at the pro day? That uh, only positional drills for Nicobe Dean. Everyone kind of said he's going him. to test though prior to the combine. It's just going to be a or, private excuse workout me, fire situation. Draft. Yeah, something like that. He had a so TBD on that, but it it always is weird. It always is a red flag when I'm not going to test, but I'm going to do drills. Which you're either healthy enough to do drills and test, or you're not. <laughs> You know? Yeah, no, for sure. I think you know. that was definitely – I mean, red flag is probably more aggressive than it is, but it's definitely yellow. This flag is yellow. Slow – pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, was this before or after the spending spree they had? Because they grabbed linebacker Leo Chanel of Wisconsin. Exactly. They, it's the post-free agency madness mock. And you're going to tell – they're going to go back to the well linebacker even after paying Foy and Luikin all this money? Well, they cut Miles Jack. Miles Jack. Yeah. You need to. So, so this is going to be a Leo Chanel, so, Foy, Luikin – to, for context right. here, my thought process was Mike Caldwell, the new D.C., was the linebacker's coach um, for – he's been a linebacker's coach. So I believe he's a former NFL linebacker. Um, and was linebacker's coach for specifically Todd Bowles. And last year, 
Devin White blitz more than any off-ball linebacker in the NFL. If you were going to want to blitz a guy, Foye is not near the blitzer that Devin White is, and obviously not near the blitzer that or not near the blitzer that Leo Chanel is, who would be the best blitzing linebacker in this draft class. So that's a pairing that if you are going to blitz your off-ball linebackers, like, like I just said, Mike Caldwell probably is, this is the guy you're going to want. Jaguar, speaking of which, we didn't comment on the, the bulky. He came out oh, and said, no. so he yeah. signed Darius Williams' this big contract, the former cornerback for the Los Angeles Rams. He comes over, and they were asking him about it, the signing, what he likes about him. And some part of the conversation or some part of the response he mentions, just watch him against Christian Kirk. That, in my opinion, is hilarious. So the jokes, the consistent jokes around that is he just watched Christian Kirk and then build his entire free agency around labeling him as this like top five receiver in the yeah. NFL. And he's like, oh, if Darius Williams can lock up Christian Kirk, he's probably worth the money too. Darius Williams, I think, is making $13 million per year, whereas J.C. Jackson's only making 16 and a half, and Carlton Davis is making 15 That, in my opinion, is insane. That's insane. Now, Darius Williams has been really good and has played really well for the Los Angeles Rams opposite of Jalen Ramsey, but the Jaguars continue to just pay and pay big for guys that Bulky obviously just loves, is in love with, whether he's watching the Kirk tape or the Williams tape. That's all that matters. Dude, it's... I think I sat on radio today. This was the worst like frequency period I've seen, and that's they're just. It's going to be the same as the was it the sixteen spree they went on when it was Bouye and it was uh, uh, Clay's Campbell mm-hmm. and all this big contracts. And it's like, oh yeah, like we went to the AFC title game and then cut and traded all those guys, traded away, couldn't sign their own guys, just didn't cap hell afterwards two years down the line they're gonna get a bump next year they'll be better they'll go nine and eight maybe ten and seven they might sneak in the playoffs sure like trevor lawrence takes the leap you really may make the playoffs i still don't think they will but yeah. they might but it's not a path to long-term success so. if, I, if i was a book right now and i was making the jaguars win total mm-hmm. i honestly put it like six and a half seven no, I don't. I don't think it's an eight and a half win total type of team. I think you're betting over under seven, seven and a half. I do want to see though these contracts in terms of what are their outs for them? Because if it's a lot of a lot of deals that are easy outs after two years, sure, that's cool. But just from looking at the Christian Kirk one, it was not an easy out. It was ten million inch cap if you're if you're done with them in 2024. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. After two years, which is <laughs> that ain't no easy out. So this is so far been scary back to your round two of this post free agency madness mock draft Brees hall running back of iowa state going to detroit lions and so the pair of linebackers you have at the top here leo chanel of wisconsin going to the jags and nicobe dean of georgia going to the jets and then the giants at 36 they grab sam howell sam howell coming in to compete with daniel jones there were some reports that they wanted to sign mitchell tubisky to come compete i think sam howell at 36 i don't think i've seen this a lot i, I like that a lot for the giants yeah and he can do some similar things in the run game that Brian Dable had Josh Allen doing in terms of that's like kind of the runner he is. Whereas Josh Allen's, I think he was like a four seven guy coming out. Like he's not particularly fast, but he is a natural runner who will lower shoulder and actually get upfield and actually break tackles. And that's to a degree, Sam Howell, obviously different size categories there, but that's kind of, like I said, you can do similar things in developing that offense. I um, want to touch the Brees Hall one though. They get Brees Hall behind that offense line paired with Deandre Swift. And Nicky Aquano. Yeah, is it Lions Super Bowl? Pants off. <laughs> Pants are off. Houston Texans grab one of our guys, Jalen Petrie, the Baylor safety, New York Jets, offensive tackle, Daniel Falele. You think he goes that high? 
Falele, I thought, is sliding after you know, he didn't participate in the combine. I think there are some concerns about just a player that size, right? I think, I don't know if he ultimately does go that high. I'd be surprised if he goes inside the top 40, but Falele of Minnesota goes to New York Jets. I kind of just wanted it for the optics. Falele and Mekhi Becton? Yeah. You're kind of a sick bastard. And they didn't have a tackle in the first round, so I had to give him one. I think, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with it. Chicago Bears cornerback Andrew Booth Jr. of Clemson, a guy who's been consistently mocked in the first round. Why do you see him He's my first out? round lock, too, yeah. which would be, break me, but just tough finding a spot. I guess the Bengals I could have slotted him into, but I gave them Travis Jones because I thought they'd go that way. So Fair enough. 40 Seattle Seahawks, Arnold Epichetti. I think that would be a huge win for them. I think they need edge help. They did sign Ucha, Uchenna Unwosu, uh, the former Los Angeles Chargers defensive end, to come in and play there. But Arnold Epichetti of Penn State at 40, I think, is a steal. I think he's, he's a guy that could, I think, lobby for a first-round pick. I honestly think that. Seattle Seahawks at 41, then grab Quay Walker, the other Georgia off-ball linebacker. And then this scenario, I just don't see happening, honestly. I don't no. see Desmond Ritter falling as far as 42 for the Indianapolis Colts. Now, would you that don't be see him a, falling that far? I don't think I he falls that easily fall that far you think Ritter's gonna go to 42 everyone's everyone ends up finding a quarterback come draft time. by mm-hmm. draft time though is the pro is the thing gotcha so yeah, I, I, that would be a really strong scenario for the Indianapolis Colts I really do think that they, I just don't know if everyone's going to though like that we'll see we'll mm-hmm. see I'm interested I'm interested and if Desmond Ritter does fall that far I think the Indianapolis Colts will be smart to take him I just don't know if he does Atlanta Falcons um they need wide receiver help. Yeah. And you you have him here at 43, grabbing George Pickens of Georgia. I was talking to I think Kelly Price, who works with digital uh, digital team for the Atlanta Falcons today, and I said, if they're going to get a receiver on day two, day three, it's got to be one of these big guys that's going to fall, right? Because like, they don't need the smaller Jahan Dotson type. They, don't, they need to come in and get an alpha. I think Pickens mm-hmm. of Georgia, Justin Ross of Clemson, Jalen Tolbert of South Alabama, those guys that do have good size for the position that can play on the outside, I think that's who they will – probably try to lock yep. into at 43 yeah that's the dream scenario george pickens at 43 for the falcons cleveland browns double dipping at wide receivers oh yeah they picked up drake london at 13 the cleveland browns grabbed Jahan dotson wide receiver at penn state at 44 in this mock draft there's I your, like that there's well. your revamped wide receiving core in one off season Enjoy. i like that for the browns now will baker mayfield like it hard to say we'll wait for the letter to come out Not, but yeah. i don't know if he's gonna be quarterback in the cleveland browns for much longer he'll Can probably he hate it because he'll be looking from a different team wondering why didn't you give me these receivers Kenyon Green Texas A&M into your offensive lineman he goes to the Baltimore Ravens he's been a guy that was consistently mocked in the first round but coming out of the combine probably a slider I hardly know rough her. combine rough combine for him I could see him and for a guard obviously value in this class with some deep positions being mm-hmm. more valuable this I could continue to go through every pick. I don't want to go through all three rounds. But I think some of the other highlights here are some guys that I know we've been high on. This is you being selfish. Green Bay Packers going Sky Moore, Western Michigan. That was, Faller. That was. Oh, they got Bernard Ryman and Sky Moore. I can't believe it. <laughs> Green Bay Packers grab Bernard Ryman and Sky Moore in this mock draft, which you love to see. Atlanta Falcons getting K-Walk, though. Kenneth Walker running K-Walker. back Michigan State. I think that's a fit I like as well. Um, Start, that's where you start to get interested, right? I think Brees Hall, I know you're excited about them getting him at 34, but like mm-hmm. a little rich to be taking running back. I know you're forecasting, not necessarily doing what you would do, but I definitely am more in love with the Kenneth Walker value at 58 to the Atlanta Falcons than I am at Brees Hall at 33, 34 yeah. to the Detroit Lions. In round three, what were you surprised by? Guys that maybe weren't, you know, what were some of the highlights for you? Justin Ross, the Jaguars, like I feel like that is just going to happen. Mm-hmm. It, seeing Balky's whole offseason – for some reason, I've I've completely talked myself into that, and they get Greg Dulcich in, in the third round, which I think would actually those would actually be good fits. 
there and actually good picks on that roster. I'm trying to think of some more that I liked in this mock draft. Um, I didn't love fitting in any of these tight ends. I do think they'll go somewhere in the third round. I didn't love it. I didn't love fitting in any of these running backs. Only saw three running backs go in the first three rounds. James Cook was the only other one I put in there, and I got him going to Miami down at pick 102. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that really stood out to me. It's interesting. Linebackers. A lot of linebackers. I think they all come off the board on day two. I think you're going to see about eight linebackers come off the board on day two. Damn. I mean, that's where the strength of the class really is. Man. Yeah. I think that's where you're going to see a lot of these guys come off the board. Oh, and then the pick I want to see is I want to see Calvin Austin go to the Chiefs. That would be sick. Calvin Austin to the Chiefs. I, I like that They may not need sure. necessarily him. And I actually have them grabbing Alec Pierce as well. But that would be – they get Alec Pierce and Calvin Austin. They have already – they've added some juice to already juicy mm-hmm. receiving core. I want to talk more about – the quarterback stuff, right? And we, like you said, we don't know where these quarterbacks are going to go, but most of the teams will have it figured out. Do the Green Bay Packers make a move on Jordan Love? Because like that's the one name that hasn't been thrown around. Like I was predicting, you know, Baker Mayfield to the Colts, and you're even saying Ryan Tannehill could get moved, and the Tennessee Titans could be yeah. looking at quarterback in this draft. Do the Green Bay Packers do anything with Jordan Love? Because now that Aaron Rodgers is essentially their quarterback, no matter what, over the next yeah. three, three years, like why? What is the point of having Jordan Love on the bench? So. I think it depends on what you can get back from him. If you get a third-round pick for Jordan Love, like a top 75 pick for Jordan Love, by all means. But I, but I will say he was a first-rounder, and he had people think highly of him, and he has not played good football. If next year he comes back and he plays two good games. In the preseason? Anywhere, any point in time. Looks good at all. Price just went up. You know, like, and that's the thing about first round quarterbacks and like why Malik Willis is going to go highest because they show anything. They're, they retain their value so well. And so, like I said, if you're not getting value back, like I said, a top 75 pick, you almost play the lottery in that he looks good Aaron at some Rogers point gets next hurt year. And it, then he, yeah. yeah, like Aaron Rodgers hurt and he looks good. And all of a sudden, because realistically with the contract Aaron Rodgers signed, Jordan Love's not playing on his rookie deal. So he, they will move him at some point. You're just kind of playing the lottery game here and saying, how much do we think we can get in return for him? And what do we think he's going to end up? Cause if he ends up looking really good, you know, next year, or even not even really good, just like showing something signs of life. Someone's going to flip it too. Here, here's a scenario. Darnold didn't even have to show signs of life to get a two in return. You know, he showed signs of death and got a two, but that yeah. was with an organization didn't that organization fire their gm or i don't know if that was the greatest decision in the world now would you rather have knowing what you'd have to trade to get him and this and the contract situations they're in jordan love or baker mayfield baker mayfield yeah okay you have rather have baker mayfield would you rather have um matt ryan or jordan love you're joking matt ryan but even with the contract and all that stuff well so if you're trading for him you're not taking the brunt of what the Falcons are doing and I did think it was notable that Matt Ryan the supposed extension that they had given him or the there was an extension it was bonus money converting salary to bonus that they had said they were going to do they haven't actually done yet Mm -hmm. so from that perspective that would make him easier to trade for the Falcons because whoever is getting him would take on more of that cap hit than the Falcons would so his cap hit next year if you were to trade for him I believe would be $28 $28 million. Very palatable next year. So that's, you're doing that. Jordan Love or Jimmy Garoppolo? 
I honestly, I'd probably take my chances on Jordan Love. You had they. I keep going back to they allowed no more than twenty points in three games in the playoffs. Couldn't get to the Super Bowl. You had a guy who couldn't get you with the best collection of weapons in the NFL. Twenty points. How I'm looking I, at it, I'd if you are swing. so think about the teams that are looking to make like changes at quarterback, right? Yeah. You have the Cleveland Browns, obviously Indianapolis Colts, potentially the Atlanta Falcons, potentially the New Orleans Saints, Carolina Panthers. All of these teams looking for quarterbacks. Jordan Love is somewhere on that list. He has to be somewhere on that list. And for you, maybe that's ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo, um, but behind Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan, and these other guys, and obviously behind Deshaun Watson. That I, I do think he is a guy that could get moved as well. And you speak to like everyone finding their quarterback. I think he could get moved here pretty soon as too. I think that some team has to make a play. Some team has to make a move because Deshaun Watson's only going to go to one team, and then eventually Baker Mayfield's going to go, I think, to the Colts. But uh, I, I, I'm I'm surprised that he's not being more discussed in trade talks but i guess that's because they're not going to get anything in return i think i think a third for jordan love though i think a third for jordan love is is, is something that i would you not could see up. teams giving up but i could see a team giving up i would not but you could see it all right moving through your third round here i want to highlight some of the picks that i do like i think cameron thomas man maybe this isn't the pick i like but he's fallen from grace with this injury Hamstring injury keeps him out of a combine. Hamstring injury keeps him out of the senior bowl. And he was a guy that was being consistently mocked at the back end of the first round. Now you have him going 76 to the Baltimore Ravens, which is just a mighty fall off for him. And then Tariq Woolen goes to the Indianapolis Colts at 73. You think that's the highest he goes? I've seen people mocking him in the second round. Do you think Tariq Woolen, with the combine that he had and the rare size, rare athleticism, could vault himself up even beyond 73? Now, it's a perfect fit with the Colts for what they yeah. like at corner. But, man, I, th- I think there's people who think he can go in the second yeah, uh, I don't want to be – I wouldn't be that team. I don't know. I just think there's still players you know are good in the second round. Like there's players that are impact guys that have a at least a floor that's starting in the NFL in the second round that I'm not willing to pass up for what Woolen theoretically could be. I think that's about – I mean – We got Jason Poe count, pro day numbers. Can, oh, we, can, we go Jason, can we go to a couple pro day numbers here? Yes, George's pro day. Darian Kendrick runs a four seven five forty. Mm. You heard it. I told you guys he was slow, and I didn't even expect him to be that slow. That's that's not good. Darian Kendrick's not. I mean, good. that's that's not, not just not good. That's like un, unacceptable. Slow. Jason Poe though, and then a pro day especially. Jason Poe, the Mercer guard slash center, probably going to be a center in the NFL. Six foot one inches he comes in at, which is good height for him because he didn't look that on tape. He looked a little stout on tape. Three hundred pounds goes four nine forty. Thirty four reps on the bench. 31 and a half inch vert and a 9.3 broad jump. And he actually has a 6.6 wingspan. That's a, that's a good pro day for my guy, Jason Poe, the you, Mercer guard. Do you, I think he's think? probably – so Shaq Mason went in like the fourth, I want to say, or was he a fifth? He goes in whatever the same similar round Shaq Mason went because that's like – Shaq Mason was just an athlete at guard who you were going to have to teach to play guard. That's kind of how I feel about Jason Poe. Going back to the Darian Kendrick numbers, and we have these numbers from the pro day as well, but like Darian Kendrick, six foot, 205, 31 inch fur, which is awful. I have a better vert than that. Nine six broad, four seven five, four seven eight forty. Those are the two times listed. A one six three ten yard split. Those numbers, I think all of them are worse than Aiden Hutchinson, who's like an extra 60 pounds. Yeah. Four seven five forty at corner, 
Some people, I saw someone refine. I'd still take a flyer on him in the fourth round. No, I'm not uh, four seven five forty and a thirty one inch vert. Like that's just not going to cut it. Like you're not. That's not going to cut it in the NFL. Like yeah. you can t- you can point to the tape all you want. That's just like too damn slow, too damn unathletic. Meanwhile, Channing Tindall, linebacker, we didn't bring up a guy that I think could go in the second or third round. Six foot two, two twenty eight, four oh three short shuttle, seven two two three cone for Channing Tindall, which he. I, I think Tyndall in the right system could be pretty sick. I think Tyndall three cones, not good. Though. No, that seven two two three cones not great. He I like the short shot. He is though, a four. linear athlete. Four oh three short shot though. You'll take. You'll absolutely take for Quay Walker six foot three two forty two twenty three bench reps four two two shuttle and a seven oh four three cone. Poor Darian Kendrick, man. Those numbers are disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. What's the best fit for your guy Jason Poe out of Mercer? Good question. Get him with a good old line coach. I'm trying to think, get him to get him to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Buffalo. Buffalo, do it. What round? Fifth. Buffalo in fifth. So when when when's your latest five round mock coming out? When oh, you get the, do you ever do a seven, seven rounder? No, I don't do a seven rounder. I have standards for myself. Stop. In my time, so you're peaking at three. <laughs> three is my max. Three was tough, dude. You don't know how like just ordering this shit. I mean, it probably took a few hours, probably yeah. two or three hours to just get an order down that made logical sense. It's difficult. Well, this mock draft will be out to everyone on Thursday, March 17th. We're recording Wednesday, March 16th at 520. I thought there was a chance on this podcast we'd be breaking the Deshaun Watson lose. Deshaun Watson so Looks like your source lied to live. you. Source did lie, which is fine. Um, next time we talk, it will be... Thursday or Friday, I believe. We're going to do the bonus mailbag episode. going to get listener questions, speak pipes, all that stuff. In addition to trivia, I think that podcast will release on Thursday or Friday this week. And then Monday, when we come back, draft guides out. Going to be giving away some draft guides. Rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. If you rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and leave in that Apple Podcast, send me a screenshot of that Apple Podcast review on IG or Twitter. We are giving away 50 NFL draft guides, 50 NFL draft guides to tailgate listeners. This is the latest version with hundred players and all of the combine measurables when we get back, but tune into the mailbag episode that comes out tomorrow or Friday. And then beyond that, make sure you come in to the Monday episode where we review the draft guide and all that stuff. That's going to do it for this episode of tailgate. Make sure you rate review and subscribe to the podcast. As I said, until next time, Mike Renner, Austin Gale, tailgate.